Welcome to the Lanier Hills Church Sermon Podcast, where faith meets life. I'm Pastor Randall Popham, inviting you to explore wisdom from the Word with us. For more information, visit us online at lanierhills.com. Man, it is so good to see everybody. Man, this is like twice as many people as we expected. (laughs) If you hadn't figured that out, isn't that great? (laughs) Somebody said, if you offer free food, they will come, right? (laughs) And so thank you for being here. Thank you for worshiping with us. If you are worshiping with us online, because I know we have a lot of people out and doing their holidays, and uh, it's a full house in here, balcony full, full down here. Uh, We had a whole crew get here and uh, prepare food for us, and thankful, so thankful for that they did. If you're new today, I met a lot of you. Yeah, give those guys a hand. Let them know. And if you're new today, I'm Pastor Randall, and if I didn't get to meet you, I'd love to get a chance to meet you after the service. It's amazing how many people we have that were like, we're your lake church. You have a lake house here, and you come to church, and you go to church at the lake. This is where you come, and we're grateful that you are here. We just hope you move here, and we become your church, right? But we're grateful that you are here today. It is a, I'm going to just take a short time real quick and just just focused on uh, what God wants to say from this morning. You know, it is a special day. Independence Day on July 4th coming up, and that's a big day for all of us, right? Big day for our country, and uh, man, our country is always needing prayer. Our leaders need prayer, we need prayer, but our country. But we live in, I still believe, even though our country has got its issues, who believes it's still the best country in the world, right? Don't you? I am grateful for the freedoms that we have. I'm grateful for what we have here. And, and um, on that Declaration of Independence that Thomas Jefferson wrote, and he, took, he went and wrote it, and then he went back, and the Congress edited it. And on July 4, 1776, they all signed it. And, and that first phrase, I just want to read it for you, and it might be up on the screens as well, but it says this. It says, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. And that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The pursuit of happiness, right? And so I love these, we, right? We all have the, like, the right to life. We believe in that, the right to life. And the right, right to liberty and freedom. But I love this last statement. The pursuit of happiness. The pursuit of happiness. And I'm grateful that we all can do whatever we feel like we need to do to be happy, aren't you? That no one's forcing us, we can do, and we can choose whatever path we want to be on to choose happiness, happiness. but the problem is not every path is going to lead to happiness. Would you agree with that? And a lot of people are on a path that does not lead to happiness. And so in our culture today, the path, happiness often means like material possessions, right? It means those things or beauty or, or, or power or special events in your life or experiences. And that's happiness. But here's what I have found, even since I was a little kid, I have found that um, those things don't really, they might make me happy for a moment, but they are like an illusion. They don't last. Like when I was a kid, I got little kids in here today. And when I was a kid, how many of you when you were a kid, if you were a guy especially, you like Hot Wheels? Anybody like some Hot Wheels? When you're really like, I loved girls too. You like the Hot Wheels, right? And so I loved, my brother and I, we'd get a dollar allowance. That wouldn't even pay the tax today, but that dollar allowance. And we would save up that dollar allowance and we would go down to Kmart. Remember those? Kmart. And we would get us a Hot Wheel. Man, I loved my Hot Wheel cars. We'd play with them. We'd collect them. My brother and I would. And, you know, and, and well, here's what happened. 
you know, I get that car and I would enjoy it for like a few days and I'm like, now I've got to have the next one. Right? You've got to have the next one, the new one. Now as you grow older, the Hot Wheels just become bigger. Right? And it's bigger and then you've got to have the next one. And it's, why? Because it's like an illusion. It's like, this thing is going to make me happy. This experience is going to make me happy, but that's an illusion. And so, so many in our culture, you're free to to pursue whatever you want for happiness, but let me ask you, is it leading to happiness? Well, the Scripture actually shows us the secret to being happy. There's a secret to being happy. I want to just focus on this first, just for a few minutes, and we're going to wrap it up. Okay, so here's the first, here's the Scripture. Philippians 4, 10 through 13, Paul says this. He says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content and in and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, I used to quote that scripture all the time, especially like if I was, like I remember in high school, I got in trouble for like something in class and the football coach made me run laps. And I still remember this time. I remember running laps about to like throw up and saying, I can do all things through Christ. I don't think the Lord meant it for that. When you're in trouble, right? And you're running laps that you can do all things through him. That scripture isn't about that. You know what it's about? It's about being content. I can do all things. I can do what? I can be content in every situation because God is my strength. That's what that scripture's about. About finding contentment and happiness. So Paul understood this secret. He said, he, he said this. He said, I've learned to have a lot and learned to have a little. My stomach's full or it's empty. I can be content. Or we often use that word as in happiness. Like I'm just happy in whatever in the world is going on in my life. See, his circumstances didn't impact his contentment. His contentment was found somewhere outside of his circumstances. Right now, some of us are, like probably most of us, our contentment and our happiness is very tied to what's happening in our life. What's happening in our family, in our work, in our career, in our culture, on the news, in our, co- in our government. And so we're very tied to that, and our happiness and contentment goes up and down. But not for Paul. Paul said, I'm content. Whether I'm in rags or riches, whether I'm hungry or not, he says, I'm content. Why? Because of the source of his contentment. See, what is contentment? Let me give you a definition of contentment. It's not this. Some of us here in America, we think contentment is this, as lazy and not really having any goals. Like, right? I'm content. I'm just not going to work. I'm not going to try to make my family better. I'm not going to try to do anything. That's not what Paul's talking about at all here. Contentment isn't laziness or not working or setting goals. All those things are great. We're actually called to work and to like achieve things and make a difference in this world. But contentment is this. Listen, this is important. Contentment is being satisfied in God no matter what is going on outside of you. Contentment is saying, no matter what's happening, whether I'm working hard, have a job, don't have a job, hungry, whatever, I am satisfied in God. He is my satisfaction. He is my peace. And so for some of us, when things aren't going well, we lose that happiness and contentment. You know why? Because it was tied to a certain job or a certain person, certain goal. But then others, things are going great. You know what happens also too? When things are going great, 
Here's what we often find. When things are going great in your life and relationships are good, income's good, job's good, health's good, you know what? We often tend to look to those things for our contentment. And, and we look to those and we say, you know what? I'm good. But take those things away and we'll find out where your contentment was. See, a lot of us, here's what we say. We, you know, here's what we think. We think that as Christians will say, we're saved by Christ, but here's what we do. We seek happiness elsewhere. We're saved by Christ, but we seek happiness elsewhere. We'll seek it in the person or job or whatever. And, he, and here's what we tend to say. You may not say it out loud, but here's what we'll say. You know, I'll be happy when fill in the blank. I'll be happy when I lose 15 pounds. <laughs> Anybody got that one? I'll be happy when I get that promotion. I'll be happy when I graduate. I'll be happy when I, you, you just fill in the blank. And we probably have more than, than probably five or six to ten, ten different things that we fill in. I'll be happy when. Well, listen, as a Christian and as Paul, that was not part of Paul's phrase. He was never say, I'll be happy when I'm full. He never said that. I'll be happy when I'm rich. He said, I'm happy in Jesus. That's his contentment. So what's the secret of being happy? It's being content in Jesus, church. It's being at the, coming to the place where you are just satisfied in him, and no matter what is going on in your life, you can say, I'm satisfied in Jesus Christ. That's where we find it, because life goes up and life goes down. And if we're not connected to him, our anchor will be up, will be down, up and down. To be truly happy, be content in God. Now, here's a cool secret. Paul said twice in his scripture, he said, I've learned the secret. What does that tell us, church? We can learn it. We can learn it, right? And some of you be thinking, oh, I'll just never be content. I got news for you. Contentment can be learned. It can be learned. And just as Paul did, he had to go through the situations. He had to have good times and he had to have bad times. And finally get to the place where he's like, I can't be on this roller coaster. I've got to be connected to the Father and to the Spirit. And then I'll have contentment. And that's what he got to. He got to this place of saying, I have learned this contentment. So if it can be learned, let me share you a few things real quick. And I've been trying to, honestly, church, I've been trying to do this myself. Because I'm just like you. I'll tend to say, I'll be happy when, or I'll do whatever, you know, I'll say these things. And I've had to come back to these few things. Let me give you real practical. And these are on the sermon notes. If you wanted to scan the QR code today and take these with you, that's on the seats. First thing, here's how to be, learn contentment. First thing, if you don't get this, you won't be content. You have to acknowledge God's sovereignty in your life. That God is sovereign over every situation, every action, over all things. He reigns supreme over all things. Acknowledge that God is sovereign over all the things and rest in his plans and provisions for your life. That, hey, if hard times have come into my life, recognizing that this is part of God's plan. If, if God is providing you with a lot, recognize this is part of God's plan. Or if there's a little in a season, this is part of God's plan. But recognizing that he is in charge and sovereign over all things. That's the first thing. If you don't get that, you're going to be wondering what God's up to all the time and questioning him. You can trust his plan and trust that he's sovereign. And we just, rang, re, just sang this song. He's the potter, right? And I am the clay. And he's working all things for his glory and for our good. If, and you know what that means? If he's working it all, he is sovereign. And if you don't get that, you won't have contentment. The second thing is this. Be present. Be present in the current moment, not longing for the past, 
right, are worrying about the future. Anybody have a problem with this? Longing for the past. So I'm one of these guys, my wife, she, she loves to look at these pictures of when the kids were little or look at, you know, in movies and all that. Can I be honest with you? I get depressed looking at it. Anybody else get a little depressed? I'm like, man, time is flying by. A thing popped up on my Facebook page this week. You know how it does the memories? And it showed the memories. 14 years ago, our family this week was on a, at a dude ranch in California on vacation, and they were little and cute and all of that, you know. And, and, and I just start getting sad. I'm like, longing for the good old days, right? Anybody ever do that? Anybody find yourself longing for those days when you can't know? The mamas of little ones are like, Lord, I can't wait to the future. <laughs> you're, you're hoping those days are coming quick. But listen, they do come quick, don't they? And then you're longing for those. Or you're thinking about the future. And you're worried about the future. Longing for the past, worrying about the future does not bring contentment. But it's being present right in the moment and saying, God's got me right now. He is with me. He's working all things in my future. And I'm blessed for everything that I've had in the past. That's how we find contentment, church. Being present. The other thing is to cultivate gratitude. Replace the pursuit of what you don't have with the gratitude for what you do have. I'm often, as I'm worrying about things in the future or see things, you know, whatever, I just kind of start getting discontent. I often find myself discontent when I start comparing my life and my situations. Or tell you what's terrible about this, social media. You get on there and you're seeing everybody's highlight reel and all they have. And you're like, man, all they do is everybody's traveling to France now, right? It seems like it, right? Everybody's in, the, in, in Europe or something, or everybody's got this. What, what about my life? And you start comparing instead of saying, you know what, I am really blessed to be right here today. I'm blessed to have what I have, the home I have, the family I have. And Lord has reminded me this week, I am grateful for the healing He's done in my own life. When I start getting a little depressed and uneasy, my wife, she will remind me of this all the time. She's like, what are you grateful for? What's five things? Name five things right now. She does it all the time. What's five things you're grateful for? She'll do it with our kids too. And everybody's like, oh, Lord, we know what's coming, right? What are you grateful for? And you go through them. I mean, really, you start showing what you're grateful for. You start to say, man, I'm really content with what I have in my life. Are you discontent with your home, your life, your family, your wife, your husband? What are you grateful for? Start to thank God for that. Fourth, seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. The scripture says, direct your pursuits towards seeking God rather than earthly wealth or accomplishments. And guess what? He said, I'll provide what you need when you need it. Matthew 6, he says, don't worry saying, what shall we eat? Where shall we, what shall we dress, right? He said, what shall we wear? He says, lost people seek after those things. He said, but your heavenly father knows you and he sees you. And he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and he will provide all that you need. Seeking him. Finally, the fifth thing. Rely on Christ's strength. You know how Paul said, he said, I found the secret of being content. And he ends that phrase, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's in him and his strength. How do we find our strength in Jesus? Well, I love this analogy. How many of you grew up on peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Right? How many of you still eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? We were on, out yesterday on a boat. My wife had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you know. And it, it's PBJ. I mean, it is like the staple of kid 
young of mother, mothers and their kids, right? But of course, you got to take the edges off, right, for the kids. But peanut butter and jelly. How many of you kids, listen, how many of you kids like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Anybody like them? Yeah, yeah, they're good, aren't they? I like mine with more jelly than peanut butter, but I like it. But peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you know, it's like the staple of it. And, and, and I've heard this analogy, a friend of mine shared this with me, I thought it was so good that, you know, just as a kid, you, like every day, you had the PBJ. Mom's sick, fix you the PBJ for summer, you know, whatever, quick. You know what we need in our spiritual life? If we're going to rely on Jesus, we need the spiritual PB&J. You know what that is? Prayer, the Bible, time with Jesus. Prayer, Bible, time with Jesus. Just as that simple sandwich is like a staple of so many of our lives, time and prayer with Jesus, and the Bible focusing on Jesus, and worship focusing on Jesus. When we do that, here's what we will find, church, that He is our strength, whether we're in riches or in rags, hungry or well-fed, sick or unhealthy, if we will daily spend the time with the Lord and worship and focusing on Him, man, it'll feed our soul. Paul said, this is the secret, secret. My strength is in Jesus. Is that where your strength is? Is that where you're finding your peace? So as I wrap this up, here's what I want to challenge you, church, to do this. I want you to rethink something. First of all, I want you to rethink this. I want you to rethink your personal pursuit of happiness. What are you pursuing that you think will make you happy? You can choose whatever you want. What are you pursuing? Pursuing? an experience, a number. And I want you to do this. I want you to redefine your I'll be happy when statement. Redefine it to this. I'll be happy when I am content in Christ. Because that's when we find contentment. Then third, start to apply these five things. Get to the place where you're just, right, trusting God's sovereignty. That you are at peace in this moment. You're present in this moment, right? You're showing gratitude. You're seeking the Lord and you're finding your strength in Him. That's when you will find contentment. So rethink those things. Redefine it and start to put this into practice. Will you pray with me? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this morning. As we come and we've made our the Sabbath, we're here. We're to focus on you and to draw close to you. Lord, would you remind us this weekend as we are free to pursue whatever makes us happy. And we're tempted all over the place, all around us to pursue things that really are just an illusion. Lord, would you remind us that contentment is found in you. To be satisfied in you. To have that still peace, quiet, graciousness in our heart that says, God, you got us, and no matter what's going on outside of us, we can trust you. Would you help us to seek you first, to be in prayer, to be in the Bible, seeking you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to us and just continue to remind us this morning of what it means to follow you and to put you first in our life. Give us contentment these next few days as we're off work and we're doing things. Just give us a real sense of gratitude and contentment in our lives. Draw us closer to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.